Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I was like, oh, fuck, the dream is over. But then, literally, an hour later, I got so fucking excited. Aus Lissabon, Portugal, Kinder Kenny! Now arriving on Cultaholic Island, uh, she's, she's already been to the, the canteen on the island. It's Killer Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call out the fact that the moment we started talking, Kelly, you pushed some food into your face. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I thought you didn't see that. I, oh, I, oh, I saw it. It's food. Of course I saw it. Um, what, are you, what are you eating? I'm intrigued. It's a chocolate muffin. Nice. Uh, now, now, behind the curtain, because that's the exciting part about these interviews, you also had a mug with a with a fork or a spoon in it. What? I saw, I saw that too. You no, a... <laughs> it's a mug with a straw. Oh, I thought it was a spoon or a fork. <laughs> I thought like you had like a cup of a cup of soup or something as well. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine eating soup and eating a, a freaking muffin. I hey you you <laughs> do you. Lockdown did weird things to all of us. So <laughs> no, I'm just drinking coffee. Just nice. drinking coffee out of my Rick and Morty mug. That's nice. That's nice. That is. I like it. How do you take your coffee? Black, like my soul. Like your soul. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you're you're going to enjoy your coffee and your muffin, and we're going to talk about a number of things. Uh, I think they're off the top of our head. Um, the thing that everybody's talking about, the reason everybody's talking about Killer Kelly this week, Killer Kelly in Impact Wrestling. It's about damn time. It's Hell been yeah. the longest of times coming. You've you've spoken to uh, SE Scoops and other places and revealed your frustrations with getting into America uh, after signing with Impact, visa issues, the pandemic. Was there ever any doubt that you'd make it back to America? Oh, my God. It always crossed my mind. I was always in doubt. So imagine all of that happening and having all the mental illnesses that I do have. And it was just like my brain was exploding daily. Uh, like I, I was even considering like, oh, maybe maybe I'm not meant to to wrestle anymore. Like this is this is a sign from God. <laughs> like you can't wrestle no longer. Here's a pandemic. Here's some visa issues. Here's you being locked in Portugal. And yeah, everything went through my mind. <laughs> How now you, you've you've been glowing about 
impact keeping you in the loop during the yeah. last two years being so patient during this time they're obviously yeah. keen to have you on the books kelly yeah <laughs> yeah 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 they they were amazing with the the whole process even when i was doubting everything they were so uh i don't want to say hopeful but like they they knew for certain that i was going to be here and wrestle for them like they knew if, even though i was just like but maybe maybe this is not working for a reason <laughs> but yeah they, they've been wonderful <laughs> they yeah they they wanted you there and they stuck with you now i mean you you signed back in you, you signed two years ago with the company and then the world caught fire and it all and then you had as you say your visa issues getting out of portugal and getting into america yeah. um can you can you shed any light do you know what sort of had all had the world been perfect which it never is but had <laughs> the world been perfect what were the plans for you as part of impact wrestling do you know well um i signed with impact when the world exploded uh that that was the thing like it, it was the um, so i came to america to be with my then boyfriend now husband and uh, I didn't even plan to wrestle. Like I, I spent the last, what, half a year, more than half a year locked by myself. Um, and I just wanted to be with him. Like we were looking at options and like nothing was possible up until I, uh, a friend of ours found a loophole, which is Mexico. So flying from Europe to Mexico, two weeks, entering the states so we found out loophole and i was finally here in america with him and then impact sort of kind of just fell on my lap and uh i went there i wrestled two matches and this was like mid-pandemic there was no crowd no anything but i just loved the whole feeling and the backstage and everyone in general like everyone and being offered the contract was like the icing on top of the cake <laughs> and and then what happened happened but we'll get into i'll tell you what we want to get into that in a little bit we'll sort of do a yeah. little timeline style of things but as well as talking to you about the the final finally arriving at impact and what the exciting world of 2022 has in store for you now uh we also want to send you onto a desert island with three wrestling matches uh, three of the matches that mean something special to you that you can watch whilst you are there. Uh, we're going to go throughout the show today. We're going to chat to you. We're going to chat about each one individually. But match one, Kelly, what would you like match one to be? Shibata versus Okada at Sakura Genesis. Oh, Basically man. the match that almost killed Shibata. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, this, this match lives in infamy. For that finish, but up until yeah. the end of it, it was a a phenomenal match. Where were it was you emotional. Before? Yeah, because because it was it felt like sort of like Shibata, who had been one of those guys who had such a groundswell of support. This felt like his arrival to be in there and mixing it with Okada. Where were you when you watched it? Can you remember? Mm, it definitely was in Portugal um i don't remember if i saw it live or not because you know time difference but i'm almost certain that i watched it live 
And yes, I do remember. Now I do remember. I was in my living room. Uh, it was what, 5 a.m. or 4 a.m., something like that. Uh, I remember watching it and just being like with my cat Horace and with a, a big blanket, just watching it, just being like, oh my God, oh my God. And it was truly emotional. Like I probably teared up a couple of times just for. I don't know, the, the love of it, like I could feel everything, all of the emotions, and I'm literally getting goosebumps right now. What the fuck? Okay. Look at that. That's what, uh, but that's great when wrestling does that to you. Yeah. That's the best yeah. part of it for me. If you can do it for so long and still get goosebumps thinking about matches. Yeah, like that match it do, does it for me. And when I saw Shibata just doing those headbutts, I remember being like, Oh fuck! Oh no! 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 Like screaming at the TV and be like, "Shabata, no! Shabata, no! 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 No!" And then just thinking about it, like, okay, this has to be a word. This has to be a word. Like, Shabata can't. Like, no, please don't let Shabata have a big ass concussion, please. And then, you know, that happened, and it was very, very sad. I remember just I watched that match like what five times. So that's like five hours of my life watching that match and pausing it so it's not five hours it's more <laughs> just wow like, that finish with i think you you speak for everybody when you talk about the headbutts at the end and it's that final one when you could like when the sound of the headbutts resonate across the arena mm. Like, oh, geez. And then and then you see the blood appear. And yes, that's something else. Just it's it's horrifying and just engaging and all these things. Shibata's back now. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, Kelly, but I I just every time I see him when he starts to wrestle, I'm like, just I want to just like wrap you in bubble wrap. I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous. I know he's an adult and he's fine and he makes his own <laughs> adult decisions. But there's a part of me that goes, oh God. Like anytime, like if there's something that, if like if he falls, you know, he had that technical match with Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. And, like, and even that was so safe. But there's me just going, oh, yeah. God, oh don't like it. Don't like it. <laughs> Do you feel the same? Or are you just like, yes, your partner's back. Go on, headbutt him some more. Headbutt him <laughs> 10 more times. It's like 50 50. Like once. Uh, oh my god just remembering when he just showed up in the ring and just this oh in the middle of the ring i just started like crying i started crying like oh my gosh about his back i can't believe it and like once i saw that match i was like overly excited i was like okay definitely he's not gonna do anything stupid but Part of me is just like, Shibata, if I see you, headbutt anyone, I swear to God, I will kill you. Like, <laughs> I will freaking kill you. Like, you can't do that to me again. Like, I'm very emotional. If you do that again, like, I can't. I can't. I will die. <laughs> I'm worried about him dying as well, though, to be <laughs> yeah. honest with you. Um, <laughs> Now, now, Shibata is somebody that you can tell the, not just what you say, but how you say, how you talk about him. Like, there's an emotional yeah. connection to Shibata, but it was an emotional attachment to Kane that got you into wrestling in the first place, wasn't it? Yes. 
obsession. A very different <laughs> kind of wrestler is Kane to Shibata. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk us through the first time you saw Kane. Oh my God. Uh, I just remember being at the attic of my home. Uh, my brother was watching some VHSs, like random wrestling stuff, uh, which I didn't pay attention to it. I was just like, eh, whatever. And then I saw Kane making his entrance, like mask, everything, fire. Like, I think I have, um, let me see. Was it this one? It was this there one. There he is. There you go. So Kevin it Kelly exactly is just showing us a, this. a Kane action figure that is that is pride of place yeah. on her wall. I want to talk about Kelly's wall in a bit, but um, <laughs> pride well, of place. I have on... four. You have four? So uh, one, two, three, four, canes. four, and Kane's mask that my husband got me. Wow. Like, his mask, like, it's so fucking awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I saw him making his entrance and the whole fire and everything. And just the way he carried himself into the ring. I was just like, oh, my God, this. I was seven, by the way. Um, and I was just like, this is like a horror movie. I love it. I was obsessed with horror movies at seven, just so you know. Because <laughs> I wanted to get into that in terms of your, your, because you are a massive horror fanatic, because as well as having four canes on the wall and the cane mask <laughs> by the wall, uh, I'm currently looking at uh, Killer Kelly's office. Uh, we've got pictures of Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Elm Street street sign behind you as well. Uh, yeah. At seven years old, you say, you, you developed a... Uh, uh, yeah the horror films yeah it, it it is very weird because growing up i used to watch horror movies with my brother and i just loved them like i was never afraid but then it hit a stage like starting 10 till i don't know not 10 like 9 10 till i was 14 15 that i was really afraid like I would watch the same movies and be like, oh my God, I just can't, I can't handle this. Like, this is too much. But then it switched again. And as you can see, Fanatic, my Freddy Krueger. Oh, we have a Freddy Krueger t-shirt well. t-shirt. Yeah, I'm completely obsessed. Uh, Freddy oh, Krueger. Freddy Krueger action figure as well. Have you ever, have you met, ever met Peter England? Have you ever met the man himself? No. Robert England. Ro no, he, Peter. no, his brother's called Peter. He's a he's a he's a bin man. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. Just, I'm just making that up to save face. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever met? <laughs> so we haven't met Peter. That's fine. Um, yeah. You sound but like Robert... Lois. You sound like Lois Griffin then. Peter. Um... Peter. Robert, so have, have you ever had the pleasure of meeting uh, Robert England? Have you ever had the pleasure of meeting Robert? No, 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 no. He does but, the con uh, circuit quite a lot. Yes, yes, but I just recently moved to America and I remember being in uh, <clears throat> Baltimore, not Baltimore, Maryland, and he was at the Baltimore convention and I had a booking that day and I just wanted to cancel it so bad but i was like oh fuck i need to be professional <laughs> <sighs> oh, jesus so what was the first horror film that you saw age seven that made you go uh, you say you went through you know 
fits and starts with them. But yeah. like, what was the first one where you went, oh, I like these. This is this is the thing. I like them. What was the first one? As you can see, Nightmare on Helm Street. Was it Nightmare on Helm Street, the first one? Straight in yeah. there. Straight in there yeah. with the big one. Yeah. I don't remember if it was the first one or one of the 300, but I do remember it was Freddy because it was like, oh, that's so cool. He has knives in his hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> is your brother a horror fan fanatic as well no no he was just like a teen so of course teenagers boy teenagers loved horror movies like he loved wrestling and horror movies so basically i'm my brother when he was a teenager <laughs> living the dream yeah <laughs> is that why is that why you think kane jumped out to you because he kind of crossed into that horror movie love as well yeah definitely definitely because the other ones didn't interest me as much but then i saw undertaker obviously it was the when they were doing the brothers of doom thing and mm. i was like oh another one so cool uh those were my favorites yeah but came more than the undertaker but yeah it was the whole like oh this seems like a horror movie there's fire there's Oh my God, he basically kills people in the ring. That's so freaking cool. <laughs> and it started an obsession. <laughs> and uh, now the, the wrestling scene in Portugal, um, at that point, it wasn't massive. And now I, I know for a fact that in order to seek out like-minded people, you used the, and then this is going to shock some of our, our younger uh, listeners to Cultaholic, you used MySpace. It wasn't MySpace. It was another thing. Well, I had MySpace. You had a MySpace, didn't you? Of course. But um, in Portugal and Brazil, so they're opposite countries, just mm. so everyone knows, um, <laughs> uh, there was a social media very, very popular called High Five. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and, how, uh, so how different was High Five then to, to like MySpace and things, other things that we would have known back then? Um, basically high five is more like a Facebook, right? which, yeah. So it was the Facebook pre Facebook It was very, very, like it had the groups. It had almost everything that Facebook, when it came up had, like it was literally the same, but Facebook was global and high five was just for the Portuguese speaking countries. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was basically the same. I joined a, a group. I remember being on Google. Uh, was it Google? I don't even remember if it was Google or not. Internet Explorer, of course. Uh, <laughs> I was there and just writing how to become a WWE superstar. I want to be a WWE diva. Uh, how to get into wrestling, blah, 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 blah. And the only thing that appeared was uh, the WWE diva search. And I was like, God damn. I can't <laughs> obviously can you see these girls all blondes and uh beautiful big boobies and <laughs> all of that and I'm 14 and of course I can maybe one day but no I can't and then I found a group on high five of people in Portugal that liked wrestling and I joined that group and started talking with everyone that's great when you find that selection of wrestling fans and suddenly you don't feel like alone, so alone any alone. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, the, the internet did that. I think the internet helped us all feel a little less alone in, in wrestling fandom, at least I seem to remember MySpace was good for that as well as high five. 
So yeah. But when did it become a thing of like because you whilst you watched it and you wanted to become it was how old would you have been when you decided I want to be a wrestler? Uh, basically. So when I was when I started watching it when I was seven, I loved it, and I I think I wanted to be Kane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it wasn't exactly I want to be a wrestler. Is I want to be like him. I want to. I want to shoot fire and and yeah. kill people. Yeah, that's what I want to do. And <laughs> by thirteen, like twelve, thirteen, uh, wrestling started. Um, excuse me. Started uh, playing on um, on national television, and I start seeing like it was SmackDown. Yes, yeah, SmackDown was the only one that showed and pay per views. Um, as you can see, SmackDown, of course, Kane. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, this is, this is so cool. What it would, would it be crazy if I wanted to be like them? Like, obviously I can't be like the girls, but I can be like the guys. Uh, they're so cool. And I have a lot of rage within me. So I think I would be perfect for it. Like I was play wrestling with my brother, like, every single day and of course on playstation smackdown versus raw and on pc it was raw something i remember that the graphics were like awful yeah, it was, i think so it was just cool. called wwf raw they all walked out yes. of the ring like they had wooden spoons up their asses yes like, yes why bow-legged the... bow-legged <laughs> it was just a mess the the ones that i do remember very very like i can't see in my brain it was tests because i was always like test test this is test 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 it's like oh that is so catchy and molly holly i was like oh she, she's so cool she's not like the others um but yeah uh, i i was 13 13 when i was okay i need to to be a wrestler therefore i went on the internet being like i want to be a wrestler how can i be a wrestler was was there anything else it could have been had it not been wrestling yes uh i am also very obsessed with <laughs> dinosaurs and egypt so i was like i can become an archaeologist i love it i love history so how far did that obsession was that was that something that you you studied more of or was this just like a hobby that you thought maybe one day I might turn into a job? Um, I never thought it as a so I never thought of wrestling as a job or archaeology as a job. I was just like, these are things that I love. I never thought about working. <laughs> specifically <laughs> i never thought about the whole money thing i was just like oh i would love to go to egypt and just find mummies oh i would love to love to go to a valley and just find a skeleton of a dinosaur like i want to do this and i want to be in a ring and kick some ass uh like i wanted to do all of that and i watched wrestling for that and played the video games um and i watched I don't even know how many times I've watched Jurassic Park and <laughs> The Mummy, uh, but those were my study tapes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, like a million books. And uh, I was just obsessed, obsessed with both. 
Are you, are you still obsessed with dinosaurs? Yes. <laughs> you said that really sheepishly then. It's fine. Yes, I am. There you, there you go. So which, which name the dinosaur you're holding up there? Oh, he's This dying. is a Velociraptor. Sorry. That's a, that's a Velociraptor. Have you seen um, the new Jurassic Park film? Yes. Thoughts? Oh, no. Kelly Kelly doesn't like it. No, I do. That's oh, the you, thing. Oh, it was Even like, if it was the worst movie. felt like movie. you're about to go, oh, the thing no. is. <laughs> no, because like a lot of people judge me on this because obviously this last Jurassic Park isn't a Jurassic Park movie. Like it's, it is, it isn't. Like it's, it's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same vibe. Like my husband, AJ, likes to say it's like a spy movie with dinosaurs. And I'm like, Oh yeah, it's exactly that. <laughs> uh, but even if it's not like the same old, same old Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, I love it. I love it the same way. And I, I was a little girl watching it in the movies. I was literally like, oh my God, oh my God. And when Jurassic Park, the first one um, was released on IMAX, I went to the movies and I remember just watching the intro and crying. So <laughs> I am that obsessed. <laughs> there's, a, there's a wonderful obsessiveness to you with like with with wrestling, horror movies, yeah. dinosaurs and, and sort of archaeology. <laughs> where does that come from in, in your family? Is there anybody else that's like that? That is just this and, and in the most incredible way, just wildly passionate about multiple things. Um. No, <laughs> just my brother was very obsessed with uh, sports and he still watches wrestling, even though he's like my super fan, but he still watches wrestling. And I feel like because my family never had an obsession for something and never followed their dreams. Uh, like, for example, my dad was a Formula One driver in Portugal and he was really good, but he never left Portugal uh, to follow his dreams, never. Uh, like, and he wanted it. Like he has been driving since he was like 14 and driving like Porsche courses. Like he would steal my grandfather's Porsche and just race around Portugal uh, at 14, which is very illegal. Uh, <laughs> and uh, like my mom was um, Miss Portugal, she went to Miss Universe and she was a model, like freaking beautiful. And she got offered a contract uh, with Dior, but she had to move to France. She said, no, like both of my parents had their dreams uh, literally on their hands, but they were too afraid of chasing them. Wow. So that is why every single thing that I'm obsessed with or that I like, I need to at least try it. And if I'm successful, bonus points. Why do you, why do you think they didn't? Is it just, just, just fear of change? Fear and um, like Portugal is a beautiful country and people get very um, cozy there. Like they have everything. Portugal is the epitome of the perfect country. Like I miss it a lot because of that. Like it's the weather, it's the people, it's everything in the hand. Like you can walk, you can go to nature, you can go to the beach all within like less than an hour. 
uh, like you have everything. And my, my dad and my mom, they got married very young. My mom was 18, my dad was 20. And it was the whole thing of, you know, you, you start a family and you stay put, that is it. And they didn't want to venture out. Like for, um, for example, even my brother, he had like a very successful um, job in Portugal, but it took him me leaving uh, Portugal to pursue my dreams and my sister as well to move from Portugal for him to even start thinking about maybe going to another country to receive like 10 times more pay than in Portugal. Like the money was ridiculous, the difference. But still, he was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. So it's the the fear of leaving somewhere familiar and something that uh, you know it's there, and going somewhere and being afraid of everything just come tumbling down. There's something quite incredible about how. Like your your dad, your mum, your brother, all got offered these amazing things outside of Portugal, and they're all like, "No, I want to stay put." Whereas you got offered the world out of Portugal, and you were desperate to go, and Portugal wouldn't let you leave. Yeah, it's it's, it's almost <laughs> like Mo- is this not the plot of Moana? This... <laughs> where she's trying to where she's trying to get off the island, and the water yeah. pushing nope, her back. Nope. <laughs> That's in, that's incredible. So are they uh, they must be like st- so excited and and so like gung ho for you to to go and do what they were f- afraid to do. Like, what's their reaction been to you pushing ahead the way you have? Well, at first um, they were very like, hmm, "Are you sure you want to do this? Like, you have a good job." Uh, I was a graphic designer. That was another a thing that I was obsessed with. Like I loved magazines and my other dream was to be an editor at Vogue magazine uh, because I just love like putting stuff together. I love it. Um, So I followed that dream. I finally was working. uh, And then I was like, "Hmm, maybe I need something more. That's why the whole wrestling, like I need to at least try it. Um, And I was, how was I? I was... I, I was 25. I don't know. I don't remember. Time just passes by so quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and um, I just told my parents, hey, I'm just going to go to Germany for a week just to try this thing out. Um, and of course, I'll still have my job. I'll have everything. Little did they know that I actually quit my job because they wouldn't give me a uh, vacation time so i just said okay fuck you i'm going (laughs) yeah so i just went like nothing to lose first day i fell in love with it i was like okay i need to move to germany i need to be with wxw and i came to portugal and i started saving up money and not telling them until a few weeks before i officially moved uh my mom was like oh my god i'm so scared but you go girl i believe in you like you can do this my dad was just like nah you're gonna come back like Uh. yeah you're not like whatever you can go but i'm pretty sure like that you're gonna be back 
uh, but like not in a mean way, but no. more like a yeah, I know. You You'll know still your have destiny. like you'll you'll yeah. come back. You'll put your stone on top of the mountain. The island yeah. gives us what we yeah. need, and no yeah. one <laughs> seems like you're obsessed with Moana. <laughs> I might like the movie Moana. I think it's a lovely movie. I love it. It's love a, it. Great. We're we're a bit of a we're, we're Disney fanatics in this house. Like we're big Disney fans. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's uh it, I think we we've watched pretty much we've watched everything and when it comes out we watch everything. We've been to Disney World, we've done all that and uh you know, we just want to find excuses to go to Disney World again. Uh so yeah, so when you were describing you like the whole Portugal thing, I thought this is the plot to Moana. This is, this is the island. This is the island. Well, let, let me tell you, the movie was based off my life. I thought that's so. why the rock, the rock was that's there. Like the I had a, conver- yeah, I had a conversation with the rock, and he was like, "Oh, that would make a perfect movie." <laughs> and you said, "You're welcome." Um, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you've dropped in two brilliant initials there that are a massive part of your wrestling career. That is Dub X Dub W X W. Um, they uh. There's so much love across Europe and across the world for what WXW do. Uh, how did you come to start a conversation with WXW? Well, um, I started looking for wrestling schools. And uh, so my trainer was trained by Lance Storm. So he was saying, oh, you definitely need to go to Canada. Like Lance is the best. And he is. Uh, but then I checked the prices. And I was like, um, um, I guess, no, <laughs> I guess I can't uh, do that right now because I wanted to do it like right now. I didn't want to wait like two years or something like that. Like I needed to do it. Like I was old in wrestling standards. So if I was going to do it, I, I had to do it right now. Mm. Um, and then I, I was just like, okay, best European wrestling schools. WXW was the first one to pop. I was like, hmm, I've never heard of this. Oh, Walter? Huh. Timothy Thatcher? Oh. I I know them. But from where? Like I, I've seen them in random matches. I was like, oh, okay. This is this is cool. Oh, Tyler Bay, the the guy of the uh UK championship was there as well. Tony Storm from the May Young? What? Okay, so they all went there? Okay, that's cool. Uh, so I contacted them. I said, okay, uh, what are the prices? Blah, blah, blah. So they had an apartment. They had everything. Um, I booked one week. This was before not knowing that uh, my job wouldn't give me the free time. So I was like, oh, one week. Of course they were going to give me. They didn't. I quit my job, whatever. Uh, so I went there for one week and it was the best, the best. I was like, okay, uh, Germany is a weird country in terms of like the people, the people are very cold, uh, but the wrestling, like, this is amazing. I love it. I love it. There's a full academy. There's an office. There's a gym inside the academy. Uh, there's uh, ways of renting a homes like for for cheap oh my god I, I need to come here I need to base uh myself here in Germany start training and eventually hopefully they will let me on one of their shows and it wasn't long until they did was it no it, it was faith it was literally a month 
you obviously did the right things and you obviously picked it up. What, yeah. you, what was that when you when you got into WXW and you, you know, those first couple of days of training, what was some of the um, how different was it from how you expected it to go? Like from in terms of what you expected from wrestling training, what you expected to do within wrestling in this promotion, how different was it compared to what you already knew? Well, um, so as you know, I started in Portugal, but it was literally just a bunch of people that I met on High Five. And it was just like, oh, it's just a little hobby, people uh, just meeting on the weekends, just doing whatever. And then thankfully my coach uh, went to Landstorm and he came back and he actually, like he is tremendous. And he actually had a lot of, to teach. So I started doing that and I started loving it and whatnot. But, you know, when you're a teen and then you turn into adulthood and you have your parents being like, oh, you need to find a career. You need to go to college. You need to whatever, whatever. So the dream kind of died there. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll never go. Even though uh, me and my best friend, uh, both of us, we were obsessed with WWE and we made a pact that at 18, we would move to the US, but that fell through <laughs> because it's not possible. It wasn't possible. Like no one had ever done that. So it wasn't possible. Uh, so I went to college. Uh, I got myself a boyfriend. Everything was uh, very serious. I got a job, blah, blah, blah. I, every now and then I would go to wrestling Portugal to see, see my friends and, you know, wrestle around a little bit. And that was it basically until I decided to, to go to WXW. Like I had a few matches and everything, but it wasn't, it wasn't serious. Uh, even though like the, the training was very good, but it, it wasn't serious in my mind. Like I, I, I wasn't going to be a wrestler in Portugal. Um, so when I went to Germany, just the fact that they had like schedules, uh, that was bonkers to me. Uh, because in Portugal, it's just go Saturdays and we would start and we would do whatever. We were just hanging out and training and just being friends there. It's like a sport. They train. They really train. Like it, it reminded me when I uh, went when I was at um, sporting uh, swimming team and uh, other sports or whatever. There was a schedule every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever. From this time to that time, you train. You have another types of training during the week. Blah blah blah. You go help out and uh, put the ring and watch the shows. And that was so different, like so, so different. Unfortunately, I, um, I found an apartment uh, that was an hour and a half from WXW. So it was always like an adventure to get there, not understanding German at all. And switching trains is awful, but training just made everything worth it. And training with Walter and Thatcher it's just crazy. And my husband, which, who was also a trainer there, um, it, it was just amazing. And the, the things that I learned, like, this was great. So this is going out, this, this is going out on uh, Wednesday, the 13th of July. So 
obviously your skit you've been given this schedule which is unlike anything you've ever had before what would a typical wednesday look like for killer kelly as a wxw trainee from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed what would a wednesday look like um so i know that the training was at six till nine ten uh i still had a job because i had to pay the bills obviously but i was very fortunate that it was a remote job so i was just being a graphic designer at home um so i would wake up i would turn on my computer start doing some work since it was remote they wouldn't see if i was there or not so i would go to the gym uh everything like by foot or bicycle like i didn't have a car i didn't have like everything was very far away but i walked it was a cardio it was mm. cardio exercise so I would go to the gym, then I would come home, I would continue to work, I would cook my food, eat, blah, 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 would go to little, <laughs> uh, pick up some food, come back home, um, and then just watch wrestling, watch wrestling while I worked. And then I was like, okay, uh, it's two hours of training, I need to venture out to the train station. And then I would get there. Uh, a lot of times I would get there just in the nick of time. Walter would be very pissed. <laughs> um, yeah, almost all the time. Like being, I don't want to blame it on being Portuguese, but uh, like 90% of the people in Portugal are very like, not, not late, but at time. Like if you say eight, I'm not going to show up at 7.30 or 7.45. I'm going to show up at eight. And in Germany, they're very punctual. And when they say 8, they say 7.30. So it right. took me a while. It took me a while to, to do that. And I was always anxious in the train, like, oh, Walter is going to be pissed at me. <laughs> oh, no, no. But, but yeah, that would be my day. And then at 10, I would hop on the train again and get home like midnight-ish, take a shower, eat same thing and that's amazing because you're 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 paying the bills with a, a remote job that you're enjoying but yeah. then you're you're under the tree of some of some greats like i like walter now now gunter obviously gunter <laughs> how do you feel about that by the way out of you know as a fan is it is, uh, it is it something you've you've thought did you roll your eyes at it did you shrug at it what did you reckon oh of course like everyone does it like a oh mm. no he's water it's such a good name but yeah. i get it like being in the business i get it i get it why like walter wants to be walter whenever he retires or chooses to leave wwe whatever uh and Gunza is a very german name and it's good for the WWE product, uh, but it's just weird. Like Walter is Walter. Like I can't. Nah, he is Walter. <laughs> See, I was always surprised, and and in, in a minute, I want to touch a little bit on your on your NXT UK stuff, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, just I was always intrigued because WWE has such this such a, an obsession with changing the names and owning the 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 rights and the copyrights of people's names. And also, WWE ostensibly is a is a family friendly organization. So I'm always surprised. Whilst I was overjoyed to see you there, genuinely, I've been a, a fan for a while. I was overjoyed to see you there. I was surprised that Killer Kelly stuck. 
I was surprised they were like on this family friendly show. Oh, that's Killer Kelly. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, you and me, you and me. I was shocked too. I didn't know they were going to say yes. Like I didn't even ask. I was just like, okay, this is my uh, in-ring name, Killer Kelly. And then but, I said in the contract, whatever. And it was there. Killer so there was Kelly. never there was never a conversation about we want to call you you know sarah fandango or whatever yeah. they didn't want to carry and carry and kelly there, there was no murderous <laughs> murderous margaret <laughs> Her, hurty lady hannah i don't know yeah. there was, no there was, they had no conversations to you about a name yeah. change they were you were just that was just gonna be yeah okay. yeah like i i truly think they forgot <laughs> yeah whatever good great i built my brand on killer kelly went on wwe being killer kelly and now i'm still killer kelly so that's great i love amazing, it amazing uh, yeah. i want to talk want to talk about a bit more but we've got to get to your second match we've only had one match so far uh your second match for your desert island then so we've already had a belter from your mate shibata um what would you like your second one to be then kelly it's another a very emotional match for me. Very emotional. Uh, WrestleMania 20, Chris Benoit versus Triple H versus HBK. That was like, I watched it recently and I almost cried again. It's such a good match. And what kills me? It's seeing Benoit and Eddie, both of them in the ring, crying again, again, goosebumps. <laughs> Fuck. <are>. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. That just kills me. Me seeing like, just me thinking they're best friends and they sharing that moment and whatever. Oh, such it such was a one great of the best moments to watch live and all the, these years on. It just it rips your soul out to see it. Now. Yes, yes. Every yes. time it just has, every time it so differently. But before that, that match itself uh, was the build up incredible. The build up, the match, then the moment after the match, like it's oh god, it's just so good. Like the the best. I I feel like my favorite WrestleMania is WrestleMania twenty because of that. I love it. And Eddie, it was Eddie versus Kurt Angle, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that was it. Such was a the, great match. The finish with that where Eddie loosened his with boot. With a boot? Yeah! Oh, so good. Fuck, Eddie. Awesome. <laughs> oh, Jesus, such a good WrestleMania. So this would have been 2004. So as a, as a, as a human, where was Killer Kelly on the planet at this point? Were you still in Portugal? Of course, 2004, I was a baby still. Still, still on the island, right. So, still so, on the island. <laughs> so was so. how old would you have been then when this first aired? Oh, please don't make me do math. Uh, so 92, <laughs> so I was 12. There you go. So you would have, would you have stayed up for this? Or at 12 years old, is that Um, I, the next day? Mm, I watched the next day. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like the, the channel, which was Sikhritical, they bought the pay-per-view and showed it the next day. Yeah. And I watched it with my brother and both of us, like, we didn't even make a sound. We were just like, such a great moment. Is there, is there a particular bit from that match that as a, as a, now as a wrestler, 
sticks yeah. out to you as going, that's a really good spot? I mean, everything. <laughs> I yeah. don't I don't even know how to pick. <laughs> like, uh, uh, that final moment just really, like, even though it was a fucking great match, that final moment just literally uh, uh, erases everything that happened at WrestleMania 20. Like, I, I can't even think of a spot. I The only thing that I remember was in the beginning, uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Chris Benoit just being like, okay, absorbing the moment. And yeah, like, I, I can't even think. <laughs> Uh, watching this WrestleMania at this point, Killer Kelly was still looking for ways to become a WWE superstar, a WWE diva, uh, and <laughs> it was it was something you achieved. You joined yeah. NXT UK. Uh, was that via the connections to WXW? Uh, no. Okay. Which I thought it was, but it wasn't. Um, it was basically. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but just uh, so you know, my brain sucks remembering details. So I mix a bunch of stuff up a lot of times. But what I do remember and help me God that my brain isn't fucking it up is that um, uh, the whole thing started uh, or my name was in the mix was because I went to the UK and uh i went to progress but i didn't debut on progress because i had um i my eyebrow got split open so i was just there to watch and uh i got booked on progress because of jim smallman and he liked my vibe he liked my name he liked the way i wrestled because he watched the bxw and uh i'm pretty sure it was jim smallman that put my name in the mix like she would be good for it so thanks jim (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it was like that if it wasn't oh well but i'm pretty sure it was that (laughs) how did you to to step back a couple of paces if you don't mind how did you develop sort of killer kelly because you know when you were growing up it was wwe divas we've already said they were blonde and big boobs and these 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 paradigms of beauty in america and your thing is right i'm tying my hair up i'm putting my gum shield in i'm gonna kick the fuck out of you and (laughs) it's it's so different to what you would have seen it's you know you're not shooting fire like i'm sure you hoped so how did you come to build killer kelly well um (laughs) uh as i said before i i had a lot of anger in me not it's the anger, anger, but like I, I was very. Now I know what it is. I have ADHD, but at ah, the time I didn't know. There you yeah, go. yeah. So I was always hyper and doing stuff and wrestling with my brother and just being like really aggressive. I was. I've always been super aggressive. Very strong personality. Like, uh, my parents blame it on my sign, which is Aries. Uh, so they're like, oh yeah, of course you have those horns. You're always like, oh, yes, I am. I'm always like that. Uh, and very stubborn too. Um, and, um, and then, uh, I started watching, so WWE and it was like all, you know, the fire and whatever of Kane, 
But then a friend of mine from Wrestling Portugal lent me some DVDs from TNA. And guess who was there? Loki. And Loki, I was like, oh, fuck. That is cool. I love all the kicks. And look at his face. Like, he looks so mean. Like, I want to be like that. I want to be a freaking badass. And uh, that's where it started. And uh, at Wrestling Portugal, I remember just uh, talking to a bunch of people and being like, yeah, I want to be like Loki, like my in-ring style. I want to be Loki. Like, that is fucking amazing that's crazy and uh in the beginning when i had my first matches uh everyone was like no you're not gonna be like loki you're gonna be like a girl i was like oh god damn it so i was very like bubbly and i was just kelly my name was just kelly and uh, i was a super baby face because as, as you can see i'm always smiling this is mm. this is me natural even though like i I have a very psychotic mind and I love everything murder-ish. Uh, I'm always smiling. Um, I'm most, not a sociopath. The most, the most, you you, you, you kind of give me sociopath vibes here, Kelly. <laughs> I, I won't lie. If this was an interview in person, I'd be, I'd be checking where the door was just in case. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm a little bit sociopathic. But that's all but... right. We're all a bit there. We're all a bit there. After the it's good for wrestling. Oh my God, yeah, it's good for yeah. Killer Kelly. Yeah, of course. Killer Kelly, the ADHD sociopath who's going to kick the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> of course. through the women's division. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So, so yeah, like I got sick and tired of being like the, the good old baby face, super friendly and blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, fuck this. Let me be Loki. So I started like being like Loki. And, and then the whole uh, Rhonda rousey thing uh like i i watched ufc of course and then i saw ronda i was like oh man this is like exactly how i'm trying to to be now i have like uh i don't want to say scapegoat but now i have like a an inspiration uh, an inspiration like i can show them that it works like i went to wrestling course and be like see this works like she's a fucking badass uh she is a baby face and she kills everyone. Like, let me be like this. And they were like, yeah, of course. Uh, fun fact, I started using Bad Reputation before Ronda Rousey. Oh, controversial. Yeah. yeah, I started using it on shows because I love that song. And then I saw Ronda using it. I was like, no, well, okay. This is like coincidence. This is freaky. <laughs> it's it's tit for tat, isn't it? You you leaned on a lot of what made Rhonda different, mm. and in turn, she stole your theme music. So there's yeah, like it's it's okay. It's, it's okay. fair. She, it's yeah, fair. she allowed me to be Killer Kelly, and then yeah. the whole thing of so I was just Kelly and being like a badass, and then the crowd started chanting Killer Kelly, and I was like, oh, that's a cool name. And then I became Killer Kelly. So the so the wrestling Portugal crowd christened you Killer Kelly. Yeah. Yes. That's great. That, and that yeah. shows you how how quickly that got over when the crowd are chatting Killer Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was amazing. awesome. Once I heard it, I was like, damn, that makes me feel like a kind of a superhero. That is, that is cool. <laughs> or a villain. But that is very cool. And I, I had to be Killer Kelly. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. You've turned up as Killer Kelly on NXT UK. We've already said strange that that <laughs> happened, but it did. Um, how was the transition? Because there's another transition again. You've gone from sort of wrestling Portugal training with your mates. It's very loose and fast. It's sort of the regimented training of WXW with Walter waiting at the door, tapping his watch. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we go again from that to sports entertainment. Which yeah. is another another twist again, and it's another chance to sort of rewire the brain. How did you find that transition? Like, what was the process like there? Whew. So um, I'm always saying this, that it came too quick to me, um, basically because I was just starting. Like, I was just starting to find my groove in WXW, and then uh, finally debut on um, on the UK. Uh, in the UK, and um, I was trying just to find my groove and finding Killer Kelly and trying to get more bookings. Uh, I, I've always wanted to go to Japan, and but then everything had to like stop because WWE, because WWE is the dream, and I didn't even think twice. I didn't even went like, oh, they'll they'll wait for me. Like I can say no now, and then I'll just own my craft be better and then go to WWE. No, I said yes instantly because this is the reason why I left Portugal. Um, And it was just, I was flabbergasted. How do you say that word? Flabbergasted? Flabbergasted. 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 Nailed it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, And everything was just, in a weird, I saw Triple H, I saw Shawn Michaels, uh, like everything was, was crazy. Um, but one thing that, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I said this to many people, but, uh, once I started doing NXT UK, I was like, oh, I think WXW has better production than this. <laughs> <laughs> I was very spoiled at WXW. WXW has a production level like beyond everything that I've dreamed of. 
they're so good and they're uh, amazing they're, and they're yeah and, which is why they're one of the few promotions that kept ticking on during lockdown and those shows still yeah. looked polished and, and energetic and they yeah they th their production team is phenomenal I, I saw recently that they're i think it's recently one of their production run one of their main production people has just left to go and pursue katya yes yeah and, and, katya, and i love katya yeah and the the love for her says yeah. it all the fact that that's how good their production is that when one of their production yeah. team like a linchpin in their production team leaves like yeah. they need it's, it's as big as a wrestler leaving exactly yeah that's like it's a family Mm. It's family. WXW, it's family. Like, I love everyone there. I love Taz. I love Dennis. I love uh, Rainer. Uh, I love Kaya. I love everyone. Like, it's such a big family, and they're all great. And yeah, the production level is fucking awesome. And yeah, so I was just comparing it. Like, every single time I went to tapings, I was comparing NXT UK to WXW. It's like, oh, it's, yeah. It's a little bit better. I know this is WWE, but yeah, I, it's a strange uh, yeah. one because it was like it was. It had all the. It has all the. I, I'd I'd say in in the defense of NXT UK, they're now in the BT Sports Studio, which mm -hmm. I think is a much better vibe for. Them. Yes, it's a, yes because they were they were doing sort of arenas around the UK, and it was there was a disconnect thing because it had all the trappings of a wwe show the hard cams and the camera and the other cameras movie cameras with the right places and stuff like that or like the they had the trons and stuff like that but it was just this weirdness about everybody it, it sounds weird but it was weird because it was american but everybody was speaking in english accents and <laughs> for some reason like all that they were saying american style words but they were English. I'm going to beat your ass. And it's like, it doesn't work. This it's got to no. be different. And like with dub X dub, like it's its own beast. It's its own energy. It kind of leans yeah. into that sort of German ambivalence with the promos and stuff. And that's why it works. Yeah. And NXT UK for the longest of times was trying to be NXT in America, but the, the yeah. humor, the, the, the style is so different. You can't just sort of trace NXT over the top of, the, the British flag, you just can't. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. That way. yeah. It took a while of, for for them to find their beat. Like I love the BT Sport um, studio. I love it. It gives it such a professional look. But I also love the venues. The like all the venues. Like being able to visit these places around the UK. Like I I loved it, and it gives give it such an old school um, feeling to it. But then again, it was like uk british whatever um venue very cool and then you have something that is trying to be american so it's like ah, yeah. it's weird yeah but yeah and another thing like i never fully a hundred percent felt like i was in wwe because the roster was everyone from the indies so i was like this is an indie show there's that as well and that's and and they they caught a lot of uh they caught a lot of bad vibes from the uk fans for essentially mm. was like essentially they went we're starting a uk promotion so what are you gonna do well we're gonna raid all the indies 
on the UK. And then that's our promotion now. The same way that the WWF started up in like the 80s, where we just mm. went, we're just going to take all the great talent from America and that's ours now. And that's what they did <laughs> in the UK. And it was so, yeah, you're right. So you were you were working for the WWE, but you were wrestling people that you'd probably seen the weekend before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, it was so weird, like, but, but cool of just um, entering the WWE environment, but being such a familiar environment, uh, but seeing everyone kind of walking on eggshells at the same time. I was like, dude, I saw you like the other weekend and you're fucking drunk <laughs> off your ass. And now you're like in a suit and just being all proper. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Like, it was so freaking weird, so weird. And then, like, we were taping WWE, and then next weekend, we were doing Independence again. Like, it was such a, like, I didn't know where I was mm. sometimes. It was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, it was never fully WWE. Jim Smallman brought you in. Jim Smallman was a big fan, and Jim Smallman is uh, a, a, part, a big part of that NXT UK mm -hmm. setup. So... I'm curious to know, like, we saw you on TV, uh, but never in a role that I think truly um, promoted you. You were kind yeah. of there to make everybody else look strong. Yeah. So I'm wondering why, if Jim was such a fan, why we didn't see more of Killer Kelly? Um, so I was happy with my role there because I was just starting out. And uh, if I was put in the spotlight, <laughs> I would basically burn myself. Um, but um, it's it's kind of an honor being the girl, the go-to to make other people look good. It kind of shows that they trust me some sort. Uh, so I always felt good in that role, uh, but um, they were bigger stars, you know, Tony, Ginny, uh, then Rhea. And uh, then Viper came along and Kaylee Ray. So it was never, ever, I never had an opportunity to kind of show uh, because there's always like someone bigger than showing up. And um, so, yeah, I kind of like rolled with the punches. And um, I said on another interview that uh, I was, <laughs> always so anxious around everyone and I didn't speak my mind as in I never give ideas uh that's another like another thing like for for you to kind of shine in the business you need to push yourself to like literally put yourself in front of them and being like this is what I can bring that this is the character this is whatever and I can do this with that person and blah 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 and I was like always so shy and anxious and now i can blame it all on my whole depressed the depression anxiety like both of them are severe or were severe before medication and the adhd which my brain is always like going 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 um so i was always so exhausted mentally that i couldn't say anything so i was just there like i wanted to be a good soldier and that was it um and that's why i never had like a prominent role i was i was just there being a good good soldier that was it do you think if you had your time again 
would you have pushed more or is it a case of just mentally you you weren't able to mentally i wasn't able to i wasn't uh my time like i so it's 50 50 i love my time in nxc uk but then i hated it because of my mental incapacities <laughs> mental issues uh because it was a really hard time for me uh, i was always thinking and overly thinking about stuff overly to the point my brain was so exhausted that i was physically exhausted and i couldn't do anything i it was just awful it was just awful like this this whole brain thing it really takes a toll on you and i wasn't able to enjoy NXT UK like a lot of people do because I was always overly thinking and um, I'm I also have this syndrome imposter syndrome what imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm always saying that I am not good like I don't deserve to be here I don't know what I'm doing like what the hell why are people chanting I I feel like they're stupid (laughs) for doing so like i'm not good and that just dragged me to a whole rock bottom it was tough that it's um it's a combination that that is is so bad in the sense that you you you're too anxious and you to move forward you're kind of frozen in place because you don't want to rock the boat you're nervous what they think but then it kind of in a weird convenience for your brain it's like oh well it doesn't matter because you're not good enough anyway so exactly. don't, don't need to worry about going and pitching ideas or asking if you can have more of this because you're not good enough anyway so we'll just keep our head down and carry on exactly and i think that that was the worst thing that i could do <laughs> like in wrestling you really need to put yourself out there yeah and you need to be the squeaky wheel in, in in every situation i think that's the yeah. thing that comes from a lot of conversations i have is that a lot of the company like wwe there's people just go right i've got an idea i want to do this like bursting into offices all the time going right i've got 17 ideas one yeah. of these and and it needs that when did you um with with all that going on in your head with all these people coming in and taking spots and you just sort of going with it when did you realize that you you were either ready to go or about to be asked to go um so i never thought of it mainly because uh wwe was a dream so i was like okay i want to stay here for life even though i'm miserable i am mentally miserable but this is a dream like i need to make this work um so like i pushed a lot like i would go back to germany where i was living and just be like at home for a week just trying to recover from everything and uh i never actually thought of a life outside of wb even though i was always doubting myself and being like oh i always have graphic design to fall into like i i'm still good at that shit, so whatever and uh when the time came it it was weird because at first I was like, oh fuck, the dream is over. This is this is done. But then literally an hour later, I got so fucking excited. 
I was like, oh, the world, like full of possibilities. I can finally go back, go to Japan. I can go to America. I can do everything. Literally an hour later, I was messaging people, uh, trying to make arrangements, trying to make stuff. Like I, um, so when I was on NXT UK, I had like the awesome, like, I don't know how that happened. I, I feel like I just sneeze my way, sneak my way into going to Japan because of Mako, uh, because they respect Mako and they were trying to bring her over. So they couldn't just say no to Mako wanting me to, to go to her promotion. So that was awesome. Uh, so the first person I messaged was Mako. Me like, Mako, I'm good to go. And she was like, oh my God, yes. You need to come here, blah, 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 for I don't know how many months. Uh, so I, um, I was talking with um, Alexander Wolf. He put me in contact with Josh Barnett. Uh, it was literally just a couple of days. I got in contact with, um, well, actually, I was talking to someone, and that person is friends with Loki, and Loki messaged me with just words of encouragement. I was like, oh my God, I never thought in my, my whole life that this would happen. What the fuck? This is so weird. And I talked with Walter as well. Walter just gave me like, Walter was like, now you're going to make a bunch of money. Now it's your time. <laughs> like you, you just hit the ground running, please. Like you're going to take over, like just do it. And like, I had all those people just being like super confident in everything that I was able to do now. And I got so excited and then the world ended. <laughs> right. But that says yeah. it all, but, but there's so many people that I, I've spoken to people who are there and have been through NXT UK. And and this isn't like, this isn't like a hatchet job on NXT UK because there's no hatchet here. It's, it's what yeah. it is. It's just, it's a system that people will either gravitate to and embrace or not. The majority mm -hmm. of wrestlers that come through there, as you say, were plucked from the indie scene where you kind of just, you make your own schedule and you follow your own path. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, three minute match next Thursday. Can you spend the next three weeks getting ready for it? And then like, suddenly there's, and, and, if, and if that works for you as a wrestler, then amazing. Then, then yeah. what a dream. But so many have come through that place of, oh, I, I need more than this. So I'm not surprised. Like, and it took an hour of sort of mourning the loss of quote unquote, the dream for you to yeah. go, actually, this is, well, this is great. I've got all this profile and now the world is my oyster. Like, yeah. That's the best part. And, and before we, before we go any further into the chat, um, it's only because I, you, you very kindly told me ahead of time what your three matches are for your island. <laughs> and, and we've just talked about her there. Give us match yes. three for your, for take onto your desert island, Kelly. It has to be me versus Mako Satsumura at yeah. the Mayon Classic. That's the one. I think while we're talking about Mako, I want to give her a special mention. Was that the, was, so with that match then, uh, and you being involved in the, the May Young Classic, like how how did you how was that experience for you it was the best experience ever it was literally the best i only have great memories of it it was so good so good i miss it dearly because it was my first time being in america um no it wasn't my first time being in america it was my first time being in america with wwe 
uh, going to the WWPC, I was in love. I was like, this is what I want. This is where I want to move. Like, I want to do this here. This is amazing. And all the coaches, the, the gym, and seeing where they tape uh, NXT. I was so, so excited. And it was me, Tony, uh, Ginny, and Isla. We were all together. And I was driving around. We explored places, went to food, went for food, went to the PC. Like it was such an American lifestyle that I loved it. And we would get our nails and stuff like that. It, it was great. It was great. And then the, the whole, uh, so Mako uh, wasn't there for the full week. She just appeared like a few days before. And she was doing like a bunch of stuff like media and whatever. And we only got uh, to call our match the day before. And it was literally like 10 minutes. And we had the match and we had everything. I was like, great, awesome. Like Funaki was there to help. And he basically just stayed there like, yeah, okay. It's perfect, <laughs> perfect. And everything was great. And I was like, oh, fuck. I just spoke to Mako Sat tomorrow. We have a match. I am so excited. Uh, actually, I found out that I was going to wrestle Mako in my second day uh, at the PC uh, because we had like a week of training. And Sarah was um, telling people their matches. And I remember they were telling whatever. And then she said, Killer Kelly versus Mako Satomura. Like my face went like, I, I didn't move. I didn't move. I didn't react. Sarah uh, was like, um, Kelly, are, are you okay? Like, <laughs> did you hear? I was like, yes, yes, I did. I, I heard. And she was started smiling like, oh, okay. She's just like super excited. <laughs> it was the best. Like, after that, everyone came towards me to congratulate me. They were like, oh, my God, you got Mako. You got the <laughs> ultimate match. You got the ultimate seed. You got, you got Mako Satomura. And I love that Satomura yeah, it was, was the best match. I love that she was like, like when you left NXT UK, she was the one you were on the phone to her. And she's like, oh, great. Get over here. Come over and play. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. Everything about that match and Mako, like after we wrestled, um, um, like she she said, you need to come to Japan. Like it was there. Like we started making plans for me to go to Japan right there. <laughs> so good. That's so exciting. Mm. Um, when how much of that match do you remember? The May Young Classic one. I remember almost everything. So sometimes Almost. I wonder whether it was just a blur, like to be in there and be so hyped up for it. But it, it it's a blur. It's a blur whenever when I'm there. Like I think it was the match that I had most fun because it just felt effortless. Like we were just wrestling, and even though we called the match, it was just it was just flowing, and it was amazing, and um. When you see, like, at the end of the match, me and Mako just holding hands and, like, bowing to each other, we were both crying. Like, that was, like, real emotion. We were crying. She was so happy. She hugged me, and she just couldn't 
stop saying thank you. We went to the back. We we're still crying, hugging. Uh, Triple H just hugged us and said, great match, great match. Uh, William Regal to HBK. And it was just like, I don't know, that, that was the best moment of my career. I think in there with Miko and then having Triple H and Shawn Michaels just telling you great match like where does it go from there where does it go from there but it does go from there because um the impact conversation that wouldn't would have happened not long after the uh well the well the world before the world shut down you had a conversation with impact wrestling so how did you get in touch no it wasn't it wasn't before it was when it was when the world ended yeah it was in the midst (laughs) <laughs> in the midst of the world ending when did so when did they did they reach out to you did you reach out to them was there a, a conduit how did um, that come about so it was when i was finally here in america to be with my now husband uh i wasn't even like really looking to wrestle anywhere i just started like i finally did blood sport and it was amazing one of one of the other like top four i loved my blood sport match Loved it, loved it, loved it. It was amazing. I love George Barnett. I love AK. Like, we literally didn't call anything of the match. We just did it. It was amazing. <laughs> I fucking loved it. And um, and then I was just at home. And uh, I I feel like I was watching Saw. I, I'm not certain. I, I feel I like I, I was watching Saw. Yeah. <laughs> and I just got an email, like, asking, would you like to come here for the tag team tournament and blah 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 and I was like well yeah I do please <laughs> and it just happened like it was literally out of the blue two days after I was starting flights then it it was the week of so they contacted me like um on a Tuesday and then by Thursday I was flying it, it was like out of the blue it was it was great. I arrived there, the people, amazing. I, oh God, I had to contain myself meeting Gail Kim. I had to contain, <laughs> like, because Gail was like a the wrestler. She was the diva that made me think that women can be just wrestlers. I remember watching her in WWE, the whole Matrix stuff. Like, mm. it, it, it felt like Matrix, but I loved it. Like I was obsessed with Gail and then Gail on uh, TNA, like everything. When I met Gail, I just wanted to cry. So I just said like a quick hello and walked off. I feel like I was very rude, but I had to do that or else I would cry in front of her and we do not want that. We want to be professional. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a whole experience. I think that that's that's amazing that you're there and what you go there for the tag tournament and they talk contracts seemingly immediately with you the day the day of were you were you did you sign that day as well no because now i'm older and smarter and now i read contracts nice. when i had the wwe one i didn't even read it i just signed it <laughs> So I read it. I was like, okay, this is great for me. This is awesome. They're going to take care of everything. They're going to bring me over. Yep. I want it. Out of interest, just to, just to touch on what you said there, 
you said I didn't read my WWE contract. I just signed it because it's it's the dream. Of course you don't. Yeah. Had you read the contract, would there have been anything in there that might have made you think twice about signing with them? Oh no, 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 no. no. <laughs> just thought I'd check to see whether there was something in there. Went oh I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with with wearing pajamas on Tuesdays. Nothing like that. <laughs> no, I agree with everything. I was like, yeah, of course, it's WWE. Like, I, I can't say no to anything. Uh, the world shut down, which meant that whilst you had signed with Impact Wrestling, you you couldn't do anything with them, and it was a combination of not just the pandemic, but uh, a a battle back and forth. Uh, regarding mm -hmm. visas so out of interest um why because you hear people you know moving across the world all the time and i'm curious as to know why this particular incident with the visa going from portugal to america was such a such a dogfight to get it done oh god uh, imagine me seeing my friends moving to america so effortlessly like so quickly imagine because i was talking to walter right before he moved and he was just like oh yeah i got my visa and now i'm going and i was like how in the hell did you get your visa so quick like what the hell so it literally varies from country to country my country made everything humanly possible <laughs> to be the worst experience ever it was horrible like it, it didn't even move the embassy uh was closed for so long and when they open uh they had like back file like years not years like a year because that was like the, the first year of the pandemic like backlogs of so many people with so many um let's say real jobs mm -hmm. so those are in front and wrestling what is wrestling what is it? Is it a sport? Is it uh, like the movies? Like they didn't know. So they were like, we don't know what this is, whatever. And uh, up to the point where me and Impact were just like, we were so fed up with that, that I just said, okay, I'm going to do the whole Mexico thing again. I'm going to go two weeks to Mexico and enter the country because or else like, I'm going to be stuck here forever. So I did that and we had to start a new whole process um which took so we started in august september uh till may yeah may everything was approved may can you remember how you felt the moment that you got the approval uh, i was here in florida already and i it was a terrible day that i was having i remember i ordered some pizza I was very depressed because I didn't get news like for a while and I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is just taking the most time ever and I'm not doing anything. So, because once I put my feet here in America, I couldn't leave. I, I couldn't leave. I couldn't work. I was stuck at home and I couldn't do anything at all. And I was just very depressed. Um, and then I just decided like, oh, just for, you know, shits and giggles, I'm just going to go to the, um, to the website, to the immigration website. You normally like get a letter. And when you get a letter, you like, you see whatever the hell they want to 
they want to tell you. Um, but that day I decided to go to the website. So I went to the website and I saw approved. And I was like, oh, no! So I started crying. I called my husband. He was at the PC coaching and he was like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. I, please call me later. I was like, I just got approved. <laughs> it was crazy. I was so fucking happy. I emailed Gail, Scott, and they were just so thrilled for me. I was like, finally, this is beginning. Finally. That's so good. What a f and after a rubbish day to get that, I think you just need that. You needed that. You, yeah. You've been you've been really open about those rubbish days that you've had during yeah. lockdown. Um, I want to read the actual uh, a bit of the actual post that you shared on Instagram about it, where you said ninety percent of the time I feel overwhelmed with simple things like the thought of replying back to emails, following schedules. My Twitch community suffers a lot with this or even going to the gym. Other days I'm motivated as fuck and I do it all. I feel like my craziness is getting even crazier. And I think there's a lot of people that resonated with that yeah. idea of being like so frozen still, to, too scared to do anything, too scared to not do anything. And um, what is it that, I mean, it's, it's ne you're never, you know, it's never fixed per se. It's always mm -hmm. a battle, but what sort of steps do you take that help you get through on those days where you're especially struggling? Hmm. So I, I just started doing that recently because I've until what last month, couple months ago, um, I was still trying to manage my medication. I had just found out that I had ADHD, but I had to. Uh, have another appointment with a psychiatrist to finally get on medication. So it was like a limbo. So I, I really didn't know how to react and how to do stuff. Um, but since then, um, whenever I feel like I'm having one of those days, I, I just take a deep breath and be like, okay. Do not look at the watch because the thing that really messes me up is seeing like, oh, it's 12. Oh, it's one and I haven't done anything. Um, so don't look at the watch. Just do things that you want to do. Like if you want to drink coffee and watch American Horror Story, do that. If you want to go take a walk in the blazing sun of Florida, go do that. If you want a pizza, freaking order it. And But then just just chillax and you will start doing the things that you need to do. And that has helped a lot because every now and then I, I don't wake up at nine or 10. I wake up at one and I'm like, oh, fuck. I lost a lot of hours in the day. But then I take that deep breath and I'm like, no, I'm going to just get out of bed and do it as if it was the morning and go grab my coffee sit for a little while, feed the third children, play with them and start my day. Like, don't think about the time of day or the, the hours, just relax. <laughs> That's a nice way to do it. And just rather than looking at a list of to do's and not ticking them off, it's just you're, you're still moving forward when you yeah. do stuff like that and you're and it kind of relaxes your brain into going okay maybe we should do this now and then if you end up doing it great and if you don't then you don't 
exactly you're, you're still moving forward um mm -hmm. so we are uh, since the impact news since you got approved since now the ball's rolling on that have you found that that has changed in any way or is this something that you think you will be sort of working around and working with for years to come um well it definitely uh, got better um a tiny bit better uh because the uncertainty of not uh knowing where i was when i was going to wrestle or if everything was going to get approved or not it re that really like added some weight um on my mental health but as soon as i found everything i started to get the other type of the anxiety of oh my god oh my god i'm gonna do this oh my god i need to now i need to get in tip-top shape i need to do that and that and gym and blah 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 so it's like a um a positive anxiety like i'm anxious to finally debut i'm anxious to finally be back on the road and excited but i still get overwhelmed like i get very overwhelmed because all of these thoughts exhaust me yeah <laughs> and i'm just like okay okay i need to take a second and have one of those days and just go with the flow and then i'll, I'll get to it but it's something that i have to to live with and work on it because once i get on the road it's it's gonna be busy i've already i'm already like putting stuff on my calendar and I'm like, oh, fuck, I am. Uh, I'm going to be busy as fuck. These past <laughs> two years did nothing. Now I'm going to do everything. OK, I need to breathe. <laughs> well, I'm genuinely glad that you've made us a little bit of your time before you get busy you. as fuck to, <laughs> to, to talk to us about all of this. Um, yeah. who, who is on? We'll let you go in a, in a moment. But who is on the the Killer Kelly hit list in Impact Wrestling? There's an, they have the best women's division in the west of in the west of the world, without a shadow of a doubt. Like the the most eclectic, the most yeah. exciting division of knockouts. Who who are you knocking out, Kelly? Oh my God, I want to knock everyone out. Like, yes, you do. Female, male, everyone, even the the, the freaking office. I want to knock out everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, Scott. He's not joking, uh, Scott. <laughs> I'm just so excited. Like, oh God, I can't wait to have that first match and just. Ah, I'm so excited. I want to wrestle everyone. Like, there's. I I feel like. I haven't wrestled anyone on the knockout division. No, I wrestled Jordan. That was it. Yeah. That was it. And it was just a tiny bit because it was a tag team match. Like, I haven't wrestled anyone. I, I, I can't freaking wait. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gum shield in. Kelly's going to kill everybody in America now that she's illegally allowed to. Where? <laughs> where can it's it's been it's been the best chatting to you kelly i'm, I'm so yeah. glad this has been many and, and i know you've you know i know it was us and there's a few other people that that you 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 held off on interviews with because you wanted to wait and see how things panned out yeah I'm, I'm genuinely flattered that we were one of those so thank you very much it really and you guys were the first ones that i said i want to give the first interview 
bless you. <laughs> and, it, and it means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to, to do the Leonardo DiCaprio gif of pointing at the telly when you're over there and properly into Aww. it. I'm very excited. <laughs> Where can people go if they want to keep up with everything that Killer Kelly is doing? Well, first, let me just say something. Uh, one of the reasons why, not, not one of the reasons why, but I love Cultaholic, obviously, but my husband, yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, oh my God, them, they, oh, it, it's, oh, triple jump. Like, you definitely, I was like, I'm not going to do it for triple jump. I was like, but that's so fucking cool. I love triple jump. And yeah, we, we do watch triple jump. <laughs> um, who's your favorite out of all three of them? I definitely won't tell them. Uh, I do not know names, so... Yeah, I would have to ask my husband, but I feel like he loves all of them. That's he, a great, very diplomatic answer. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly I'm, because I don't know anyone. I don't know their names because my brain doesn't work that way. He loves it. He loves it so <laughs> much. Loves so much. And they're, I they're great. Well, well, when I when I watch it. Is mainly for when they talk about horror games and play through playthrough of horror games, and I'm like, yeah, that is cool. <laughs> they're the good one. Yeah, that's yeah. I love. I love that they've been. Oh, they they're gonna be. They're gonna be over the moon with that. They are uh, past that along. So yeah, you've cut. You've kind of done a triple jump thing. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it kind. It kind of counts. But yeah. uh, but I will pass that along. Um, where can people find out everything about you, Kelly? Where can they keep up to date with everything you're doing? Oh, so Twitter, uh, Kelly underscore WP. Instagram, Kelly Wrestling. Uh, what else do I have? I don't have anything else. Oh, I started something that is like a Patreon. Uh, or as I like to say, it's like an OnlyFans, but without <laughs> the thing that OnlyFans is known for. It's, it's an uh, OnlyFans, but with the clothes on. <laughs> yeah, it's like Patreon. It's yes. basically, I switched because uh, Patreon, sometimes on my phone, is just very hard to handle. So I found this thing called Fan House. So I have a Fan House, and I feel like my link is just Fan House Killer Kelly. Yes, it is. <laughs> Follow so, Killer Kelly on Fan House. Yes, yes, which is not OnlyFans. It's not OnlyFans. If you say otherwise, yeah. she will put in her gum shield and <laughs> kick the fuck out of you. Because <laughs> yeah. Killer Kelly can't do that. Killer Kelly's too shy to do something like that. I praise all the girls that do it and the boy, but Killer Kelly can't do it. <laughs> Except she can and she'll kick the fuck out of you. <laughs> 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 